welcome to Between the Horns. It is Wednesday, May 8th at 11 a.m. Pacific time on the dot, DeFar. Look nice. at that. What up, mate? Did you survive Cinco de Mayo? Obviously, you're here. I, I did. Yeah. I tried not to appropriate cultures. F- uh, but you can have fun. Absolutely. No, and, I, and, and hang I out did. and dance. I, I'll tell you this. I had a Cinco de Mayo uh, Kentucky Derby crossover event. Nice. So drank margaritas on Saturday instead of Sunday. Interesting. And watched the Derby. Nice. Ended in a very, I, I would call historic fashion. Really? I mean, it, it is historic. I'd say par for the course in sports. Well, right now, yeah. <laughs> right. Another controversy. Well, did you see right. the Saints like tweeted right as that was happening? Like a no, emoji I, face? I ignore everything coming out of New Orleans. <laughs> I do. I just ignore it now. Let it go. Um, I saw the Jimmy Buffett thing. Oh, yeah. When yes. he dressed as a, come on, man. He dressed as a blind referee Let it for go. a concert. You I know? know. God, good Lord. Anyway, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah. No, but it was uh, an interesting sports weekend to yeah, be sure. Not bad. Not I bad. Thought. Yeah. Uh, Canelo won again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's my new Oscar De La Hoya. Um, I always root for him to lose and he never does. Oh. Yeah. He drives me crazy. Why did you root for Oscar De La Hoya to lose? Because the only people, well, half the people that showed up to see him fight were women. Oh. And they were there to see him. So not you. It's a hate thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get yeah. It. So All right. So always, it sounds more like a jealousy thing to me. But when Oscar won, it was good for everybody, trust me. Especially in Vegas. It's like the Yankees? Yes. Uh, everyone's happy, even if you're sad. Okay. It's still good. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Because there it. are more people for the for the Yankees and Oscar than you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but we've also now had a week to kind of digest what this Rams draft class is. Interesting. So yeah. do you have any more impressions um, that you'd like to start off with? Uh, you know, um, let me think. Um, funny. Uh, looking at the defense as it's currently stated on the depth chart, right? I think the only funny thing right now when you look at it, it says Tanzel Smart as the starting nose tackle. Right. That is kind of funny. As of right now. Right. I mean, I think that could be more of a a, a gatekeeper status until you figure out who's the guy. And it could be him not saying anything. You never know. Um, But look at this defense as a 4-3 and count Fowler as a defensive end. Right. Okay. Go ahead and say that. Brockers is your other end. Donald and then whoever at nose tackle. Right. So you've got three linebackers to put on the field. Which three guys do you put out there right now? Right now. Clay Matthews, uh, Corey Littleton, and Samson Abukam. Question. Ooh. Yeah, he's the starter, right? <laughs> That's well, what, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what position where you're where you're playing. Clay Matthews. Exactamundo, and that's what I, I think. That's the advantage of having him, depending on where he lines up. So, say it's a you know first and ten, and you've got Clay Matthews in the game, right? So, he's going to be one of those outside backers, assuming, right? So. Now you get to third and long. Well, you take Samson off the field and put him as a pass rusher. Well, who do you bring in as the other linebacker? Well, that's part of the question. I mean, right. I think it kind of depends on the situation. I think this defense this year is going to be kind of a lot more package-based right. than maybe it has been in the past, right? Because yeah. it, to me, I, I almost would say if you're lining up in the 3-4, you want to call it the 4-3, whatever it is. Just count Fowler as a defensive end. Fine. He yes. makes his money going forward. He yes. does. He right. does. So my thought would be, at least on the early downs, and I've not seen this, and they're doing stuff in phase two, so we'll really get to see it once OTAs start in a Couple weeks, but my thought would be either Samson Abukam is at the uh, linebacker spot, right where he starts. Yes, on, yep. at the outside, and Clay, and Clay Matthews, Matthews is on the inside. Is inside, right? Okay. Or 
you have Micah Kaiser as a second inside linebacker, and Clay Matthews is still on the outside. That's what I'm assuming you – well, you can roll to that, but and when you go to nickel, which guy do you take off the field? You probably take Samson Abicom off the field. Of course. And then you bring in the nickel for Micah Kaiser, who, are, who else is in there, correct? Right. Yeah, the coverage guy. You, yeah. you might put rap in there. You might put rap in that, and that's what I'm thinking. In certain situations. Right. You're you're having a week to digest. It's a good spot for him, uh, especially when for you— For him, it being Taylor Rapp. For Rapp. Yeah. It's a good spot for him, especially— considering how teams want to attack you or how they did attack you with tight ends last year. That was an issue. Uh, and it frees up John Johnson. You know, you can leave him as a back safety and Weddle. So I think the versatility of Clay Matthews will definitely dictate when Rap plays or how he plays and where he plays. I think Gaines is a guy you plug in right now. I think he's in the rotation, right? That's, that's fair. Yeah, I yeah. think it, it, based on everything they were saying during the draft, yes, yeah. it seems like it's the case. And unless I'm very, very wrong and miss my and wildly miss my guess, like let's just say that. Oh God. Um, let's just say that it is Tenzel Smart to begin with. Then what do you do with Sebastian Joseph Day? And I'd be shocked if he wasn't the guy that was in the mix early on in camp and stayed that way. Yeah. Unless he completely lets it roll down his leg, which I don't, I, I don't see happening. <laughs> yeah. I love that expression. That's what, that's it, what the pause was. How do I say that without saying that? His yeah. leg. No, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think the interesting thing is going to be to see what that nose tackle competition looks like, because I mean, at least today, as we sit here, it seems like yes, Tanzel smart would have the leg up basically because of experience. Right. I mean, he's, well, he's been, been here this, long. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. This is going to be his third year right. on this defense. He's been in the system with Wade Phillips. However, he's got a lot of practice time, right? Yeah. However, you also do have somebody he likes works about as much as Chick-fil-A on Sunday. Uh, okay. Yes. He's not <laughs> played much, right. but he right. did as a rookie. Some. Yeah. 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 Because they really had to figure out what they were going to do with that nose tackle spot after Brockers moved to defensive end. Right. right. So it was yeah. Tyron Walker. It yeah. was Tanzel smart. There were just a bunch of people. If Ethan Westbrooks was a part of that, the, the shame of it for him, right? The, the, the best spot for him on this defense and in anybody's defense, but just for the Rams, it happens to be filled by Aaron Donald. Sure, yeah. Right, good luck. I mean, that's the best spot for a, a guy his size, his dimensions and what he can do. Right. Right, and on any other team, he might be a pretty good three technique. Just He just so happens to be sitting behind 99. Yeah, and 99 doesn't come off the field. Ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So good luck there. So your only choices are keep backing up or get wider and as big as you possibly can get and play that nose spot. Well... I, I think they told you how they feel about that when they drafted Gaines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a true nose tackle run thug type that's got some wiggle. Right. And so I don't know that we know as much about Sebastian Joseph Day and what he could possibly do in that spot. Yeah. Do you agree? The, see, we see him, we watch him practice. The only thing we can't really see for the most part is how he goes about his business inside the building and in meetings. Can he retain? You know what I mean? Yes. Um. And it's funny, and uh, somebody asked, and you put this on Twitter, like, uh, which undrafted rookie free agents will probably have the best impact? We'll go through history. It's either receiver or a down lineman. And sometimes it's not 
the better guy that earns the spot. It's just the guy that plays the best in the defense because the other guy can't learn. So we're going to find out about Sebastian Joseph Day. Can he be that guy? It's not that tough to play nose tackle, especially in this scheme. You know what I mean? It's a one-gap situation. But yes. if you're constantly making mental errors, even small things, and they can't trust you, then that's going to those reps are going to go to somebody else. That's just how it goes. Well, the, the interesting thing, especially playing next to Aaron Donald, right, mm-hmm. and you are a nose tackle, you have to be the guy who's going to stay staunch, right? Right. And just and and be the fire plug in right. the defense because of everything that Aaron Donald gets allowed to do because he's so good. You are not in competition with Aaron Donald if you're the nose tackle. If you think you can actually get to the quarterback first before him. Okay, you're an you, idiot. Sorry. You're whistling Dixie. So part of that <laughs> job, I mean, this is outside of Indomitian Sue because he's got the same sort of leeway as Donald. But yes. anyone else that plays that spot, I mean, you're going to have to. Your first step is for the defense for Wade Phillips. Do your job first. Second, you're going to have to feel where he's going. Mm. Feel where Aaron's going. So if Aaron decides, I want to take a left, even though the defense calls for him to be out here, you're going to have to adjust for him. That's just how it goes. You know what I mean? So how long do you think it takes to kind of develop that sort of chemistry with a guy like that? The first time you collide with him on it when he makes an inside move, <laughs> okay, and he gives you the look or he doesn't rip your throat out. Like, hey, man, look, I got a two-way go. But the coach said, I don't care. I got a two-way go. Watch me. Right. Cover me. You know, and the more that could be in a uh, a nonverbal way, the, the better it's going to be for the defense and the football team. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, you know, it, it's going to happen, I think, in OTAs sometime or especially in training camp once pads come on where if, if it's Greg Gaines, maybe if it's Sebastian Joseph Day, you know, Tanzel Smart. None of those guys have really played much next to Aaron Donald. But they've and seen him play. They have. Yeah, yeah. But and the good thing, though, is that AD is in training camp. He is going to be in OTAs. He's going to be around so he can develop that chemistry as opposed to, you know, the last couple of years where it's been all right. You know, you had the contract thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he's not here. Right. So that does seem to have at least an effect. Right. No doubt. Uh, you see it in practice. It's funny when some it's you've got the starters out there. Say it's Jared Goff and you're going against the third and fourth string defense and just in a non pad situation. But you're going full speed and somebody touches the quarterback, how everybody just kind of stops. Hey, whoa. Or somebody bumps in the Todd Gurley. Hey, whoa. Okay, trip Aaron Donald on his way to the quarterback. It's going to be the same thing. Hey, whoa. Understand where he's going and how he's seeing it and what his ability is. You have to think beyond yourself. The guy can make a move from anywhere. So you have to know that if you're lining up next to him. And defensive ends, too. Clay Matthews uh, next to Donald. That's going to be something. They're they're both free spirits, and they take chances, and they're freelancers. Well, you got to make sure you don't freelance in the same gap, or you'll knock each other down and kill the pass rush. So that takes some learning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, but I think when you got two guys who are crafty veterans, mm-hmm. they can probably figure it out a little bit easier than maybe somebody who's a rookie playing with the vet. You know what I well, mean? Well, who's going to acquiesce? That's going to be the fun thing. And this is all small stuff. It's just fun stuff that happens on defense. Which guy is going to back off? Because Clay Matthews probably thinks he's the best pass rusher out there. So – He's not going to back off the things he likes to do. Well, he, I mean, this is how I win and this is how I like to win. So now I'm taking away a gap because Donald is sitting there. Well, yeah, you're going to have to. But that's not just a first day thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you have 16 games in the regular season to figure your stuff out before you get to the postseason, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just personally, I had to go through it with Leslie O'Neill. Leslie O'Neill is a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he cares. 
one iota about being enshrined. Uh, 126 sack guy career. So we had to come together. Like either when we're on the same side, I have to let you do what you do and I'll watch you or I'm going to the other side so I can do what I do best. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> one or the other. But I mean, it's those relationships that have to develop. So like you said, I'm glad the guy's going to be here day one. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be something that we can monitor and see over the course of time. But I, it is going to be interesting to see who is going to fill that nose tackle spot. Yeah. Just, just because it is a really important spot on the defense. And I think, you know, if you look at the Rams last year, one of the reasons that Sean McVay wanted to do some things differently at defensive line was because the, the team was just flat out bad in the regular season mm-hmm. in terms of stopping the run. 5.1 yards per carry. I mean, we talked about it until we were blue in the face yeah. going into that Dallas uh, You're playoff game. there on one carry. Right. Yeah. That, that can't happen. Yeah. So if the Rams defense does get better, especially stopping the run, then that's something that the Rams can win more games than they'll lose. I mean, you you are going to be in a good position to make the playoffs if your defense improves and your offense can stay scoring almost 30 points a game. Oh, no doubt. Uh, and that's the, the, the funny thing when you look just in the division only and how these teams gotten better. I know how we used to feel about Arizona, right? Wow, they were bad last year. Okay, look at them now and how they're constructed and put Kyler Murray in there. Kyler Murray and David Johnson in the same backfield. That is freaking scary. It and is. The, the little guy they just drafted from UMass, the guy that led the world in receiving yards. Uh, now he's going to be up there in the slot plus fits. So everything changes. But at some point, like you said, they're going to run the ball at you a lot. Seattle's going to run the ball at you a lot. San Francisco is a two-back offense. They're going to test that A-gap. So division-wise, it's huge for that spot. To, to be better than what it was last year. And that's funny because whoever you line up there is not going to be as good as Sue, but you have to play that spot better. You know what I mean? That, yes. That's the, you have to get yes. more production out of that spot. You do. Absolutely. Yeah. In the regular season, for sure. Now, in the playoffs, that was a different story. Oh, yeah. And we all know that the Rams defense played very well in the playoffs. But, yeah, in order to actually get there, yeah. you need to be better than you were last year, right? Did this seem like Sue got, like, he just grew in the postseason, like he got bigger? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, wow. All of a sudden, it's tough to run in there. You know what I mean? All of a sudden. Yeah, like, you, you, he just won't let you, you know? So that same sort of ability or that same sort of attention to detail, just make sure you're not out of your gap. You don't have to be a dominant guy, a $14 million guy, to be good in this defense right. at nose tackle. Right. You know, what the, like the kids say, keep that same energy throughout the entire Absolutely. throughout the entire season. You know, I've seen guys, it's so funny, and, uh, and you could only see this, and I'll point it out in preseason, where you see a guy just trying to make the club and hang on to his job. He will stay in his gap all the way to the sideline with two guys on him. He's just running to the sideline, staying in his gap. So no matter what happens with the football or where it went, he is where he needs to be. He did his job. That's perfectly fine for this spot right now. Right. And that's exactly what you want. That's why you got the guys that you got now to compete there. Uh, The one thing I do want to talk about, too, is uh, Daryl Henderson just being kind of a wild card in the offense. He scored 150 points last year. Mm -hmm. 150 points. I know that's ridiculous production. So that's uh, way back when this is Tony Dungy asking work done in his combine interview. Hey, what's the best thing you do? Work done pauses, 
looks him square in the eye and goes, score touchdowns? <laughs> Draft him. So what's the best thing this guy does? Score. Yeah. From anywhere. At any time. Anytime, no matter how you give it to him. Love that. Yeah. Every team wants one of those guys. Absolutely. So I saw this um, from Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. He put out this tweet today, and it said, Rams ran outside zone 217 times during the 2018 regular season. So that's 52 more times than any other team. And so then he says, okay, Daryl Henderson on outside zone plays over the last two years. 53 attempts, 569 yards. Nice figure there. 10.7 yards per carry, which led the nation. Okay. Nasty. And then he had 23 first downs, 16 broken. Do you know what I don't know? Who was his quarterback at Memphis? Because it, it, it wasn't Paxton Lynch. I don't know. Well, see, we don't know his name, and that's a shame. If this guy's getting that sort of production on outside zone, you should be killing it on the boot. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Your quarterback, his his completion percentage should be like 80, 90%. I don't know. Yeah, because when that guy lines up, when he's in the dot, you're thinking outside zone and everybody's running on defense, which right. means that quarterback should be scot-free when he pulls it out. So love having this sort of ability. Give it to him, absolutely. Attack teams with the outside zone, but it's going to open up everything in the passing game for Jared Goff if he runs the play fix correctly. Exactly, and that's part of the reason why I think when you had Sean McVay and Les Snead talking about they wanted somebody with a very specific skill set to fill a role. And I think you're seeing that too with gains on defense. You know, you talk about the nose tackle, right? Mm -hmm. That is the specific role, the specific skill set that they wanted to fill. Well, Daryl Henderson on offense can do some different things and add a different dimension to what the offense has already been and now you're going to be able to take this thing to another level and say all right well we've got Todd Gurley who's one of the best backs in the league Mm -hmm. we've got Malcolm Brown who is a starter on probably most teams in the NFL Mm -hmm. at running back now we've also got this other guy who's a wild card and we can play him in the backfield he can run outside zone as well as anybody but you can also line him up split him out wide and he can be a receiver for you as well so yeah this is something that I think is very exciting Exciting. I'm really excited to see what they do with him in practice. Can you imagine an, an and goal situations with him and it's just a foot race to the pylon? Right. That, I mean, that's that's the sort of stuff he brings to any football team he's on. That sort of ability when you have a guy that's just can flat out run. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it just opens everything up. So, yeah, I mean, just sprinkling him in and having packages, like you said. And, uh, you know, and, and we talked about going into the draft. What if there was a guy on offense, a can't-miss guy on offense that Sean McVay was, says, I can use this guy here. And we probably said it could be a running back, if not a tight end, and here we are. So, uh, And also, you can use him on kickoff returns. I know that's almost a lost art, but he can return there. So, you know, he's got the explosiveness that every team covets, that this team could use. He's got the juice. No doubt. Absolutely. Actually, he's got the sauce. Juice is one thing, but the sauce. <sighs> I, lo- the sauce I love these these these, these last. young people tutorials. Yeah. There's a difference, you know? It was what? It, this we, was in We used juice back in the sixth grade. I know. Well, you might have. When was that? And in hot sauce. We used hot sauce in the nineties. Come on. 
nothing's new. Good but lord. It was, a, it, it, it was like a video, you know, this viral video of the guy of this guy saying, "Oh, juice, juice is temporary." You know, oh, you might say, "Oh, he's got the juice, he's this, he's that," but the sauce, the sauce lasts forever. It's in I the bet beginning it has of a million hits too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It became like such it a viral thing. Doesn't speak to how clever that is. No, it speaks to us. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. But that's in the beginning of a Justin Timberlake song off his Man of the Woods album too. It got <sighs> that famous. You ready to move on? Yes, thank you. I know, I can tell. <laughs> um, but you also have, I want to talk to you a little bit about David Long, just in the sense yeah. that the Rams are building a program, right? So yeah, yeah. last year, the Rams drafted uh, Joe Noteboom, Brian Allen. This year, you see them moving into potentially starting roles, and those roles really, they're penciled into those roles, and it's their jobs to lose, right? I think no that's doubt. a fair thing to say. So also now you have a guy like David Long, who a guy that the Rams are very high on. They love his coverage skills. I think we talk talked about last week the pro football focus stats that came out of Michigan with him but you also now have two cornerbacks your starters that have expiring contracts after the 2019 season mm-hmm. so what you've done is you've put yourself in a position to say all right this is somebody in David Long that we can maybe see replacing one of those guys in 2020 that to me is how you build a program and that I think is a good thing that the Rams are doing yeah, another arrow in the quiver for for Wade Phillips and Aubrey Pleasant you know what I mean mm-hmm. at some point you're going to pull that one and use it uh, but yeah it's it gives you insurance you know um Age insurance for Talib and wildcard insurance for Marcus Peters, just in case. Uh, eventually, at some point, he's going to line up as the starter. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it could be as early as this year, but, you know, in the future, definitely. And he's got the skill set to do it. I mean, there, there's nothing he doesn't do well. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he can only get better. Uh, and he's not a wild card maverick. Guys you have to live with that give up big plays because they make big plays. I like steady corners that are in position to make plays. You know what I mean? And yes. make tackles. Yes. Uh, that, to me, will, will get you into the postseason. Right. More than guys that are that are pick six threats or just six threats. <laughs> he, made, he missed. Touchdown. Oh, he got it. Touchdown for us. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I know, I know what you're saying yeah. there. But what you now have is somebody who could play this year. Yeah. But you don't have to thrust him into that role if he's not quite prepared for it. No, but it's it's it, but it's it's like Sam Shields, right? Uh, it's it's a great guy to have in case in, in case of emergency, break glass, put him out there. Yeah, and he can also fill a special teams role, mm-hmm. which is huge. You know what I mean? And he can probably handle a full bones fossil load coming out of Michigan. That's why I like Michigan guys. They're prepared to play. You you said that last week too. You know what was just what is it just about Michigan guys, Michigan? Well, corners? I mean, have you ever been up to Ann Arbor and how they how the fan base treats its play? It's like going to Green Bay. It's it's the amateur version of Green Bay. It's it's everything. Um, and they're all like look there are a lot of there was a Heisman Trophy winner on the defensive side of the football there. Yes, there was. Yeah. So, so it's that, highly, was, that was damn near. It was twenty years ago. But, but those pictures are. St- it's like playing. Yes, SC, I, it's like I, playing I, receiver or running back at SC back in the day. You know the guys that came before you are all great, and they're not. The fan base isn't going to be impressed with average. Fair. <laughs> to, to start out there, so it's the same with Michigan corners. Well, it's part of why you know Harbaugh right now is having the. 
Yeah. The, 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 I, the perception of what Harbaugh is right now is because they're not winning right. championships. Oh, they're not winning God. titles. Uh, I just read something about Harbaugh. It might have been with Long that he was trying to decide between Washington and Michigan and Harbaugh climbed a tree and, uh, and yes, nailed it. Was. it. Yeah. Right. Really? You had to climb a tree? Damn. What if your coach can't do that? That's not fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, ask you about milk or something. Right, right. right. Uh, I don't I don't know anything about that. Um, what the Rams are doing, though, right now is sort of interesting because they're not having a rookie minicamp, at least in the traditional sense. They'll hold sort of a tryout camp because there are still a couple of open roster spots that the Rams have right now. Not many. Basically, after you factor in the 19 undrafted free agents, I think it's either three or four spots left on the 90-man roster. So Mm -hmm. the Rams will do that over this coming weekend. And then the rookies will get here on May 13th. So that's next Monday. (laughs) So, you know, like you've gotten questions about like, oh, well, why don't we have any rookie press conferences or anything like rookie numbers? Like we we don't have that because they're not here. Yeah, we yeah. don't know them. Why are you laughing though? When uh, I say just that? I just your first day as a pro. You know, the first day you step on the field. I mean, that's I like having rookie mini camps because it's like college light. And, right. You is. know, you get you get that nervous energy out, and then it's they always warn you it's going to be different when the veterans come in. So you kind of get prepared for that, you know, or just throw them in with the vets and see how they do, you know. But it's just that first day as a pro when you realize that I'm on the field, this is practice, I've done this my whole life, except I don't have to go to class in the afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I have money in the bank. Yay. You know, so that's it just made me laugh. Yeah. Take No, take me back, though. I want to know about your like your first day as a pro. Oh, um, Sean Landetta, the, the, the NFL's first million dollar punter. I think that's true. At least that's what he told me, and that's what they told me about him. Um, He pulled me aside. This is how he broke me into the business. Great guy. I used to love hanging around the specialist. But he said, look, if you make – all you have to do is make one or two plays a game, and they'll pay you a million bucks a year. It's kind of true. Right. Now think about that, right? (laughs) Who would want to give that up? Really? All I have to do is do what I've done my whole life and make one or two plays and they'll pay me a million bucks? Yeah. This is a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I remember that day and it just, it took all the pressure away. You know, it's, it's nothing different from what you've done your whole life. It's just football. So when you came into the league, though, I don't know that I've ever asked you about this, and maybe this is not the best time, but I'm going to do it anyway. It must be these chairs, because you're getting into interview mode. Look at him. Do you see him get comfortable? Oh, my God. You're about to interview me. Go ahead. I I am a little bit. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to lie to you. So, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, you were an undrafted free agent. Mm -hmm. So what was the process like of you becoming a Ram? Oh, well, uh, I just read this about, oh, God, which quarterback was it? Was it Browning, the Washington quarterback that signed for 140000 as an undrafted rookie free agent? That was a record. I think at one point um, in 94, the Rams gave me 40000 and that was unheard of back then. Uh-huh. Like, they couldn't believe it. So, uh, so backing up the draft ended i wasn't drafted obviously and then the yes. phone rang off the hook right crazy so it's it's a bidding war for my services whatnot so i got to choose where i wanted to go chose the ramps um so i i still didn't really you know put all this together all i knew was i had a place to go and go play great i can care less about the draft let's play the the, the 
when it hit me that I was undrafted is when I got into the locker room and I was sharing a locker with another guy. And I'm like, oh, hell no. You guys have got me wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Right. But this is where I have to start. I have to share a locker with a dude. I have tape on my helmet with my last name. Yes. So Because they don't know it. No one knows you. Um, so from that moment, I'm like, I need to make sure they remember who I am every single day, every minute of every single day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, th- but the, the the bad part about being an undrafted rookie free agent is it never ends. That feeling never goes away. Even in year six and seven, you still feel the same way. Well, is that a bad thing, though? Because doesn't that sort of fuel your competitive well, fire? Yeah, this is you off when you see the, the, the first round guys. They're relaxed. You know, training camp's coming. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be there. Because they know they're going to be here. Right, you know what I mean? Right, so it's, right. it's a little bit different for, you know, the guys that are picked, the, the, the chosen, so to speak, mm-hmm. than the guys that weren't. Was there another team that you were close to going to that uh, was not the Rams? The, the, the teams that were using that scheme, actually the Rams weren't. I just wanted to stay on the West Coast. Um, <laughs> well, that worked out yeah. really well Tampa for a Bay year. <laughs> was using undersized guys. Um, Minnesota was using undersized guys. And did I say Tampa? You just did, yeah. I did. Tampa, Minnesota, and Cleveland because they had really? Michael Dean Perry. Yeah. They they were the undersized guys weren't in style right. in ninety four. Um and then a year after they came back into style. That's when Warren Sapp came out. Right. Yeah. So uh, my year it was all about being huge because Gilbert Brown had just won the Super Bowl in Green Bay. Okay. So they thought everybody that played D-line had to be 340 pounds. Oh. I came out at 260. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a year later, it's like, wow, I should have been in that draft. You know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. So it was a little bit different. You could have played for Belichick if you'd gone to Cleveland. Could have. Yeah. And I mean, Nick Saban. I had a lot of phone calls, man. I mean, they were like, they, this is the first time I heard the, the the term or the phrase priority free agent. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what that meant. I thought somebody was playing a joke on me. Like, I was drafted and you guys didn't call me and you're calling me now, you know? Yes. Yeah. One of those weird things. Well, but what's interesting, I mean, I once talked to the former coach of Columbia football, which I know means a lot, but Pete Mangurian, Mm -hmm. when um, his guy's name was Josh Martin, I think he still is on the Jets, but he was playing for Columbia at that time and the draft was coming up and what Mangurian was saying, because he was a former NFL coach, he had coached in um, Atlanta, actually with Wade Mm -hmm. Phillips and a lot of people who are with the (laughs) Rams now, um, they coach with him. Um, and he had also been with New England and Bill Belichick. What he was saying is that sometimes when you get into that seventh round and you start getting later into the seventh round, it's almost better to not be picked because then you get to choose. Yeah. Do you know who Bruce Allen is? Yeah. The the president of the Washington Football Club. He was my he was my first agent. Really? So he told me the same thing. Like I'm talking to him and I'm like, the entire draft has gone by and it's like the seventh round. I hope I get picked. He's like, I hope you don't. I'm like, what? You're fired. You know, he's like, just relax. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. He's like, it's almost better for you not to be drafted now. You know, you could call your shot. But, you know, when you're a kid and you watch the entire draft, especially when I'd say after the first three tackles, maybe the first two went off the board. I'm like, you're taking this guy (laughs) over me? Oh, really? Okay. You're going to live to eat that. But he's like, it's almost better if you don't get drafted now. Right. Yeah. And so when you then get to the Rams and you start and you're in rookie camp and then you start getting integrated to the veterans, what was that process like for you? Oh, man, it was uh, rough because I don't look like them. 
So, and I did this, and I have me and you don't look like them. Like I mean, what? they're big. Sean Gilbert was huge. Yeah, Sean Gilbert played at Pitt. You know, when you have the all decade team or the all pit team, Aaron Donald's name is out there and Sean Gilbert's out there as well. So I think he was third or fourth pick in the draft a year before I got there. And he's six, six. They had just signed Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Jones from the Dallas Cowboys. And this was like the first the beginnings of free agency when guys started to move around. And he's six, four, six, five. So all these guys are huge, man. And I'm, you know, six feet, six, one. So they're like, ah, he's a camp body, right? Yeah. So at first, you know, not a lot of attention. Um, you know, I, I talked, I asked questions. They knew me, but they didn't think I'd be here. After the first week, the first month, the first couple of preseason games, they started to treat me a little bit differently. Oh, he's one of the guys. And then towards the end, uh, started to lobby for me to be one of the starters, even over some guys that were there the year before. So just put you on the field and let you play and let just play speak for you. Yeah. Right. Is that a tough process just as a rookie? Did you feel isolated in some way when it was like, uh, they don't think I belong here? No, no, no. I mean, it's you could tell. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I have to apologize to London Fletcher. I did it to him when he walked in. I mean, okay, so I think I'm in year four or five. I'm an established guy, so I know the difference between a draft pick and camp bodies. I know what they look like. So here comes London Fletcher, who's 5'7". Hey, what position do you play? Middle linebacker. Okay, I won't. I don't need to know your name. Well, out of the small, <laughs> out of the small school yeah. from a Cleveland suburb, you went to John Carroll University, right? So, like this, I I can understand why you might feel that way about this. You know, this guy. Now, even if you can play, there's nowhere they're going to let you play because <laughs> you're so small. You know, you're you're not very tall. And within a week, okay, this guy just keeps making freaking plays. And then he winds up being your starter. So, you know, you, you, you kind of make the, you kind of prejudge people when they walk in and sure. then you see how they perform on the field. And if, if they keep making plays, you'll learn their name sooner or later. Right. And that's the thing. Was there a moment where you, I don't know, maybe doubted that you might make Hell it? Hell no. God, no. No, absolutely not. Um, and I hate to say this about the guys I was in the room with because I have nothing but respect for anybody I've played with or against. But I'm like, there's no way I'm getting beat out by you. You know, this is what I keep telling you, Miles, when I, I'm, I'm shocked when people say I can't play out of both stances. Are, really? <laughs> you know, or, yes. you know, we look, we need a left tackle this week. You know, we're, we're shorthanded over here. Well, I can't play left tackle. Why? I can't play with that hand down. What? OK, I, I'll do it. <laughs> right. Or, or I can't play three technique and nose tackle. Oh, really? I can. You know, we need you to play defensive end. Sure. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, it, you just have to have that sort of game. So, no, I never doubted myself for a, 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 an eye blink ever. Was there a moment where you felt like you changed the coaches' minds about you? Well, wait. The only time I did doubt myself, but it was like not I can't do this, is I. it was more of I need to get better. The first time I ran into Jackie Slater. And, <laughs> and let me – to be more specific, I ran into his fists, right? Yeah. I mean, his pass at – it wasn't legal what he did. <laughs> and he dropped me, right? And I'm looking for people to say, tell, you know, like, tell him that's illegal. And no one said a word. I'm like, oh, this is the pros. 
It's, well, it's, you were going up. Full- I'm sorry. You're also going up against Jackie Bleep and Slater, who had been in the league for, what, 17 years by as that point? As technically sound as any tackle you're ever going to see, and on a practice field could get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you you better be able to protect yourself out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because no one cares about you. If he rolls you up and breaks you in half, they're going to come out with a spatula, scoop you up, throw you off to the side, and get the next guy in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Not> that image. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, the the coaches though was there was there a moment where it was like, all right, I'm now convinced them that I belong here. Yeah, George Dyer was the D line coach, and he brought in. I thought I told you the story. No. This is the we're going into our fourth preseason game of the year. I don't think you you might have told me the story, but I don't know that you've told it on the air. This this is my rookie year, 94. And we're going into the fourth preseason game of the year. And he brings in me and Mark Boutte, who was last year's starter. And he told us, look, I can't make a choice. We can only keep one of you. So whoever plays the best tomorrow gets the job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right then he told me, like, I, I convinced him I can play. And it was so tough on him that he's going to have to cut a guy that he likes, you know. So right when he said that, I in my head, I said, Mark, I'm sorry you're going home because there's no way you're outplaying me on game day. This is my dream. All I have to do is outplay one guy, not the world. Oh, yeah, you're going down. So I think in two quarters, what, two tackles for loss and a sack. Yeah. Yeah, it was now, that, it was now, that I kind of day. Now, huh? I didn't play the scheme correctly at all. I was just freelancing my ass off. <laughs> I'm just going to make plays. Right. I'm going to get the crowd on my side. Absolutely. Well, and that's what you have to do as a guy. If they're going to tell you whoever plays better in this game, that's who we keep. Yeah. Usually, I and it's interesting, I don't usually feel like, at least nowadays, at least under this coaching staff, that's what happens. No. You know, because there is so much that goes on in practice and media. Meetings and you have to know if those guys can retain information, how they do. Uh, there's just so much that goes into it. During the regular season, absolutely. Preseason, you want to see who can play. Morgan Fox, remember yes. back when he like made his name. In 16, in the final preseason All game. he did was just go up the field and make plays. Yeah. Constantly. We don't know if he was doing it right or not, if that's what he was told to do or not. But what we did see was him making plays. So when you have an opportunity to go out there and play and it's vanilla and you know it's vanilla, when you, this is how you know it's vanilla as a de- defense player or an offensive player. When you hear the same play more than once inside of 10 plays, we're just, it's, it's the same stuff. And you're not subbing no matter what they bring out. So it, it's, it's rec shop time. It's not about being right. It's about making plays. Yeah, it is. The fourth preseason game especially. Yeah. But you talk about Morgan Fox. That's probably a big reason why he's still here. Yeah. Because the Rams know that he can make plays. They've seen him do it. They've seen him in the rotation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even though he's coming off of an ACL this year, and that's somebody that we didn't talk about, you know, as we were talking about uh, Clay Matthews, Samson Abukam. Morgan Fox could maybe make some noise in that regard. Absolutely. Be a depth guy, a rotational guy. Who knows? At one point, he was a front runner until he got hurt. Right. He was a guy we talked about a whole lot. So Last year, yeah. Last year. I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes for him and where you can actually use him. But that's the versatility of a Clay Matthews and the different looks that you can use. You could sub him at outside backer or stack him as an inside backer and then fill in around him with different looks, depending on what look they give you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just makes you more versatile as as a defense. So to just sort of put a, a bow on the conversation that we were having about you, which I, I, are you like mad about this? 
No. Okay. No, not at I, all. I did sort of put you on the couch. No, maybe a little right. unexpectedly. I just, he crossed his legs. He got in, I love it. Well, all you needed the, was a cigarette, and this was like the 1960s. I know. We're <laughs> in the comfy chairs, man. <laughs> right. I, like, I'm starting right. to get into my element. One of those little skinny suits, skinny tie. I can see you back in the day. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like Malcolm X style glasses. There you go. See, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that would definitely have been me. Um, but when you see like how rookies are getting integrated into things now, you know, they don't have oh. too much pads. They don't do this. They don't yeah. do that. Are you jealous? No, I th- no. God, no. I personally, I think if they would have their druthers, they'd rather do it the way we did it way back when. Really? You're a football player, man. Contact is a part of your life. This whole safety thing is new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what right. I'm asking the question. And I mean, like, uh, I, I, I would bet that especially for guys at the end of the roster, I would bet that they want to go back to the days where you can actually put pads on and cha- and turn heads in practice versus everything is, you know, in sweats. I get it. It's safer. You can play longer. If this were if Andrew Whitworth were playing back in the day, he's probably not playing this year because he wouldn't be able to make it through camp at 37. And you probably wouldn't have John Sullivan last season because he probably wouldn't be able to make it through training camp. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so this is better for older guys. It ex- extends your career. Does it make you a better football player? Okay, debatable. Well, it's just it is the way it is now, yeah. which is why the Rams put so much emphasis on the mental aspects of the game, What basically is what you're saying. You don't have as much practice time, generally. Right. Uh, and and you're not going in pads. And, you know, you know, I, I think for guys like Aaron Donald, um, if he could have actually practiced in pads more, he would be better now. Which is scary to say. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you but know, what I, mean? I, I also agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would make him a sharper football player if he was able to go full speed more. John Randall was a guy when uh, when I was playing up in Minnesota, I'd, I hear horror stories about like even on non-pad days, he would show up in full gear because that's just how he worked what? and everything was full speed. That's how he worked and that's how he played on game day. I bet he would really tick people off. Oh yeah. But good luck challenging yeah, him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Once you get a guy who's established like that, like it's, if that's how he works, that's how he works, and you know what? He makes the team better. I've seen two people, right? Uh two people like they talked a great game. I'm gonna do this to John Randall. He's not gonna do this to me. I'm gonna punk him. I'm gonna do this. And it all went away when they saw him. <laughs> I, it just as as soon as they like broke the huddle and turned around and there he was, you could just see the confidence just ooze out. Like, oh, okay, this is different. I bet people feel the same way about Aaron. Probably. Yeah. Well, the guy he just beat is a bum. I, I can't wait to line up on the guy. And then you break the huddle and there he is. And you're like, oh, OK, I see it. Listen, he's one of the top plays, top players, I should say, in the league. No doubt. For a reason. He's, you see him hopping around, you know, warming his legs up right before like a third down pass rush. And if you notice, nothing on his body is jiggling. Well, that's kind of scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Dan, this guy is 280 all muscle. And he's mad. <laughs> One of my favorite questions to ask him is, what is his body fat percentage? Uh, and then he'll get mad if it's like five. Yeah. He's like, it was a little high. I didn't like that. Ridiculous. What is wrong with you? He's, dude, <laughs> he's the gold standard. That's what, what everybody wants to be. And I, I you know, I, no, there is no debate. Even coming out of, you know, Tampa, when you hear about Gerald McCoy, Gerald McCoy would have been, he, Gerald McCoy is what the three technique used to be. 
this is what it is now it, with 99. It's it's a little bit different. And Gerald McCoy is not a bad football player. He's a yeah. great football player. Yeah, 10 sack seasons are, are going to be passe because of that. Yeah. <sighs> Ten sack seasons. What's so interesting is, imagine, you know, Aaron Donald had 41 quarterback hits. If he's a half step quicker, imagine how many more sacks he would have had. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Um, if this is somebody who really could challenge that record. I, I bet Wade Phillips, uh, it's a challenge for Wade Phillips. If you have, if you're able to go man more, he gets more sacks and more pressures. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have to, you know, when you have to play zone and back off some, it gives the quarterback an outlet. So it's Aaron insurance. You know, they're spreading the field. I have an I have a I have a dump uh, a dump off valve with the football in case he gets too much pressure. And man, you may have to hold it. Then you get hit. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, there are a couple of transactions that I do want to go over. They're sort of minor, but they are um, major in a sense that they affect special teams kind of a lot. Um, the first one, safety Blake Countess was waived late last week and the Eagles picked him up. Uh, the Rams wanted him back but probably at a lower salary number. Not probably, I should say. They did want him back at a lower salary number, but the Eagles then claimed him. So now Blake Countess goes back to the team that drafted him. Cool. I, you know, I loved him in the role they had him in, and I think that he could have been a good safety, and I think that's the problem. Uh, yeah. When you when you say, I think, you know, this... You just don't know. And at, at that price, I don't want to be thinking. I want to know. Right. Yeah. Um, and how you're going to be using him. So, I mean... You you go from him to a rookie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a guy you can build in program, and you've also got somebody like Marquis Christian yeah. who can still take reps at safety if needed. So yeah. that safety became a position where you had more players than you had spots for. And I'm happy for Blake Countess. I mean, who knows, man? Maybe you get into the two deep. Maybe you wind up playing there more than you would here. I mean, think about it. You're not going to replace John Johnson the third. No, Eric Weddle's going to be a starter, and they just drafted Taylor. Yep. Yeah. So Philadelphia might be the best spot for you. It could be. So I know they have Rodney McLeod still in Philly. Uh So it's another former Ram. um, But there could be some opportunity there for him. So Mm -hmm. wish him all the best. Uh, But you also have Bryce Hager, who is now back um, after re-signing on a one-year deal early this week. big. It is. Yeah. um, Another – he's a captain. He's a captain-worthy type guy. So when Jared Goff gets busy in the regular season and he's got media, he's got treatment, he's got this, he's got that, Todd Gurley's busy. Aaron Donald's busy. Well, you still have a captain in the room, a veteran guy. So when the rookies think it's okay to start playing grab ass, well, this veteran walks in who does it right. You know what I mean? Yes. Can stop all that. Can keep everybody focused. I think this is a great signing for the Rams bringing back Hager. Somebody who played probably the second most on special teams last year. So you talk about having a captain in the room, somebody who really knows what's going on. It really was Bryce Hager and and Blake Countess who were those two guys that were playing on the vast majority of special teams units. So at the very least you now have one of those guys back who gives you a little bit more um i guess savvy and know-how it can explain what john bones fossil wants from each of his special teams units yeah, that i think yeah. is i think that's very helpful how did uh we describe it um it was like a, a swat unit and i hate even saying that right now um but it's not it's not the guy that blocked the punt it's the guys that went through the door first that are most important well hager's your through the door first guy. He is. You know what I mean? Yes. I We need to eliminate this guy or block this guy for this to work. So 
it seems like JoJo Natson is the most important play on this punt return. Actually, it was Hager because he just eliminated their best special teams guy going down the field. You know what I mean? Yes. That, it's, it's a huge get for the Rams. Not only that, but he <coughs> still can be your backup middle linebacker yeah. and defensive signal caller. And you that's sure? pretty huge because it's somebody that. You sure? What? You sure backup? Oh, my sure. Why? It, There's why? a spot out there. I'm just saying. Well, I'm saying I, from a signal caller standpoint, you already have Corey Littleton who did it. True, but there is another inside linebacker spot. There to be is. Had. Right. There That's is. what I'm saying. So he's been a backup for a while. At some point, like you said, you're going to find your way to the field. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean. There's at least, there's another person to compete for that inside no linebacker doubt. spot with Micah Kaiser. When was he drafted Hager, again? Uh, 2015, seventh round 2015. Micah Kaiser. Oh, Micah Kaiser. He's yeah. fifth round uh, last year. Okay. So a second year fifth rounder or a fifth year seventh rounder? Who's going to be better? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would this job automatically go to a okay. second year, fifth round? Unless you say, like, look, Clay Matthews is the guy on first and second downs. You know, third down, if it's a passing situation, you bring in Taylor Rapp to be the ILB. Yeah. I don't know. And see, for me, yeah, so that's what I was saying earlier yeah. about it's a package defense. No doubt. And for me, nothing is off the table. And I don't know if you were here or not. And I can't remember the names, but it was the Rams had gotten down to a to two centers playing at the same time mm-hmm. because you were hurt. So they came up with something tricky where you didn't know who the center was when they broke the huddle. It worked. It did. Did it. It, it absolutely worked. It tricked people. Because all of a sudden they're they're lined up in the same spot, but now this guy's the center. Now you come out in the, in the same formation. Now this guy's the center. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, it but little, it sounds so gimmicky. You know what it, I mean? It, what, but you needed to back then. I, I guess. I'm just saying back then. But look, if you did slide in a Bryce Hager to the field and you loosened up a Corey Littleton to be a playmaker. I like Corey Littleton as a run and hit guy. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I like Corey Littleton unleashed (laughs) where where he doesn't have to be, you know, tied to the football as an inside backer. Sure. So you have options with Clay Matthews and now Hager coming back. Yes, you you definitely do. And that, I think, is what the Rams have been kind of striving to getting to under Wade Phillips, a defense where – you have options. Yeah. Because last year you kind of didn't, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's it's kind of what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, same guys. Different it's more sp- about matchups. Yeah. Same, same guys, different spots. And how do we count this within the offense? You know, and you, you better count it correctly or you're going to be stuffed for pretty much all day. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, OTAs will start soon, as we sort of mentioned earlier in the show. What are you most looking forward to seeing? I just like the guys getting back on the field. Um, the enthusiasm. The The biggest question we get, I, I would bet you get it too, and I hate even talking about it, is the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. I did see that question a couple times It, this it week. keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. So it's not out of the players because everything is new and the pressures are different, you know. Uh, you were safe last year. Now you've got a, you know, a, a priority draft pick behind you. So now it's different for you. You're, you. Complacency is out the window. Not that there's any to begin with, but the players are always going to be enthusiastic. I'm looking for the coaching staff as well and how hard they coached for the last couple of seasons. So I guess I'll make that determination about the Super Bowl hangover when I see the coaches hit the field on OTAs. Right. Yeah. Um, the one thing I, I'll never forget Oh, gosh, was if you're walking, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. That was day one of Sean McVay's training camp. Mm -hmm. Well, that same sort of mentality needs to kick in or be here for year three. 
that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will too. I am just looking forward to seeing how guys react to some new situations mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, you've got now a new defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. How does the defensive line look? How do they react to you having this new coach, right? You know, mm-hmm. tight ends have a new coach as well. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Quarterbacks coach. What does that look like? What does Blake Bortles look like in a Rams uniform under Sean McVay's system? How sharp is he when they're kind of going through things against air and then going through things and they're not padded? Those are the things that will really interest me throughout OTAs. It's going to be fun, man. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be challenging, you know, watching this when you mentioned Blake Bortles, because you know what's going to start if one day he just happens to look better than Jared in this drill. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so get ready for it. <laughs> get ready for it. I know. That's so silly. He didn't come here to be the star. I'm just saying. High quality back. Just get ready for it. And uh, that's not just the quarterbacks, the the running backs, Uh, too. You're right. (laughs) Especially given the way Todd Gurley's knee has been a topic and will probably continue to be a topic until week three. Right. And I I call it the Sam Congato effect. The what now? Sam Congato was a guy that made the Rams roster on one carry in preseason. Oh, boy. He went 88. I think every other running back on the roster and in preseason was like three point and 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 below. Yeah. And he had one long run. Okay, we have to keep him. <laughs> uh drive this up. Have you been watching the NBA playoffs? Oh yeah. I love all that the I love what James Harden does to people and not just on the floor. <laughs> I, man, he gets people worked up. Do you think the Rockets can win that series? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think they will win that series? Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But yeah, I think they can win it. Absolutely. But um, whenever somebody starts like a sports talk conversation, whenever they start with all you have to do is just leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people keep falling for that James Harden step back. All you have to do is. Right. Okay. All right. You get your butt out there. Right. <laughs> Clay Thompson is one of the best defenders in the league. Right. 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 And all he has to do yeah. is not get in James Harden's face and let James Harden then move forward while he's got his hand up and then he puts his hands back behind him and oh by the way it's still a foul. Thank you. Right. Right. This is elite shooting. Right. And elite scoring and elite creating fouls yeah. from James Harden. Just appreciate the guy. He's good. He's he very very good. He's a great basketball player. Oh, funny. Steve Young back in the day would get everybody with the pump fake and run. Uh-huh. Everybody. So we practiced it. We repped it. We talked about it. We talked about it right before we took the field, right? Here he comes. Pump fake. I'm six feet in the air looking at him run under me. (laughs) (laughs) We just talked. When I landed, I looked to the side. I saw my D-line coach go like, we just talked about it. I know. But it, it's different when it's coming at you. It is. Yeah. Because you're trying to do something. Yeah. Um, in Philadelphia, though, what's going on with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? I know Joel is sick. Yeah. But oh, my goodness. Uh, I jokingly call Ben Simmons my cousin, but I don't know if I really want to do that right now. You, you can. I, I'd roll with that, man. Absolutely. It's funny. Or, or Drake. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Um, no, I, my thought about them, this is my basketball analysis, <laughs> it seems like they don't know who they want to be. Right. Just go through Embiid, man. <laughs> just go through the big. Well, they were trying to do that on what, Saturday or Sunday's game. And Sunday's game, it must have been. And just Embiid couldn't do it well, at the end of the game, man. But that's how I'm going to live and die. Well, I know, but man, if you're dying like that, it was almost like I texted somebody like they got to get him beat off the floor, but they can't take him off the floor because he's in beat. Right. 
I go through the big. I I think they got to go through Butler a little bit more. You think so? Yeah. See, okay. I I'm gonna live and die with my big, especially in the postseason. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, who do you think will be in the NBA Finals? You know, uh, I think didn't Charles Barkley say Milwaukee could win it all? Mm-hmm. And they laughed at him. And I I for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why. Milwaukee is pretty damn good, yeah. and that Greek freak is unbelievable. He's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Milwaukee, but I, I'll go with the Warriors. Okay. Yeah, for the safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll probably be Milwaukee Warriors, and I think the Warriors yeah. will probably win, especially if Kevin Durant continues to go dumb off like he has. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that they won't be able to defeat. You're going to have to go. If the Warriors yeah. are playing at their best, I don't think anybody else can match that. Well, I think this year they're going to have to go maximum security in the Kentucky Derby. You're going to have to elbow a few people. Uh, <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm dead serious. Uh, it's not just the Warriors are head and shoulders uh, like are better than everyone. Yeah. There's some teams out there that could beat you. There are. Yeah. You're going to have to get nasty. That's what happens when you've yeah. been at the top. Everybody else starts catching Absolutely. up with you. I mean, when you see the Warriors on the parade float, and it could happen, all these guys should have Band-Aids yes. and gauze pads. Yes. I mean, it, sh- it should be nasty. Like the last couple, they, they, they look all clean-faced. Yeah, This I has got to be different. Yeah, It is interesting watching the playoffs this year because LeBron is no longer on the Cavs, and so I don't really have a vested rooting interest. Yeah. So I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Wow. Uh, so the, the earth wasn't flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody thought, like, oh, if we don't have LeBron in the postseason, it's going to be boring. Really? I I'm having a blast. Great. Me too. Yeah. I'm Every having a night great time. There's, there's a good game <laughs> yeah. on, except for last night where they were both <laughs> defeated by 20. But, you know, <laughs> right, tonight's right. ball night will hopefully be better. Uh, any other parting shots? No. Um, all you got to do is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns for DeMarco for Miles Simmons. We'll see you next time.